Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be episode number update. Special bonus episode. And it's going to be a very current event kind of thing. So Crystal, do you want to take this over and let our audience know what's going down? I do. So we wanted to release an episode since the trial is quickly approaching. And if you haven't listened to our full episode on the case, you can go back and listen to episode 56 because it's a very intricate story and there's a lot of questions and hopefully the upcoming trial will shed some light on what actually happened. A quick summary of the case is disbarred South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoch is accused of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul in June of 2021. And you just want to remind everybody why you're saying it the way you say it in case everybody doesn't know already. Well, in the low country, things are sometimes pronounced differently and the people that know him pronounce his name Alec or Alec, and it's Murdoch, not Murdaw, even though it ends in... Even though that's how it's spelled. Yeah, so... So we're not saying it wrong. That's how everybody referred to him, so... How the Southerners say it. Yeah. So he is accused of a multitude of financial crimes that he will likely stand trial for at a later date, but this trial is about the murders only. The trial is set to begin Monday, January 23rd, 2023, so that's just a couple of days from now. Not too long at all. And will take place at the Colleton County Courthouse in Walterboro. And it's expected to conclude around February 10th, 2023. I don't want to be anywhere near this place when any of this goes down because it's not that far away from where we are. I would go, but. I know you would. Me. You go camp out in front of the courthouse. Well, and be you'll like, find out why I can't in a minute. Get a lawyer to sign a t shirt. So I think the first couple of days is going to be jury selection. They're expecting that could take up to two full days. Walterboro describes itself as the front porch of the Low Country. Have you ever heard that? I have not, but that sounds like I've something that should be on a postcard. I've seen that on one of the billboards as you drive down 95. Yeah, we drive by Walterboro every time we go to North mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah. This town has never been in the spotlight quite like this before. Like, they've had movies filmed out there, such as Forrest Gump, but they've never had anything like this. Well, Forrest Gump didn't murder nobody. Well, no, I mean, that's their, like, claim to fame is that Forrest kind of thing. Forrest Gump was there, sort of like us. Mm-hmm. They've never had a double murder like this, high profile. Colleton County Clerk of Court Rebecca Hill stated, quote, This trial is on an international scale, and I believe this will be something like Walter Burrow has never seen. But we have kind, compassionate people here who are coming together like never before to let the outside world know that Colleton County is not the crime that happened in its jurisdiction. We are so much better than that, and we stand together to make our town a safe place to live and for families to grow and work and play, end quote. So only 234 people can be inside the Colleton County Courthouse at one time. There'll so. probably be 234 reporters there, yeah. let alone the actual people in the jury and all the randos are going to be camping out there. Well, what they're going to do is there is a wildlife center next to the courthouse, and they're going to set that up as a media overflow room. So they're going to, you know, they're not all going to be able to get into the courtroom. So the city has even hired a bunch of food trucks to set up outside to feed everyone. Ah. They're expecting so many people, and they're, like, trying to get prepared. I wonder if they're going to, like, find a way to double up on this and maybe have the Food Network do, like, next oh, like a best challenge? murder trial <laughs> challenge. And they'd be like, You're a t- you need to cook a cake. For 500 different podcasters who are camping out here, and you got to have it done in an hour. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. So, yeah, it's going to be a really crazy scene. I've heard it referred to as Murdoch Palooza. 
That's that's a little bit disturbing, honestly, <laughs> really to is. me. That it's people like, are glorifying. Yeah, this. there's like a whole like back and forth on should the town capitalize monetarily on it or should they not? And you know, it's just, ethically speaking, no. But financially speaking, probably well, going you to. You know, like I said before, this certain area will. is a very low income. You know, their median income is really low, and. You know, it's going to bring a lot of business to their town, so it's a whole... There'll be t-shirts and stickers. <laughs> there probably will. Hats, hoodies. Okay, so the judge that's going to preside over this case is Judge Clifton Newman. He don't look like he puts up with none. Uh, he does not. He has served as a South Carolina judge since 2000. Bakari Sellers, who is a South Carolina attorney who knows the judge well, has stated, quote... Judge Newman will make sure Alec Murdoch gets a fair trial and that jurors are able to render a verdict in this matter. He won't get caught up in the showmanship that is Dick Harputlian or the politics that is Alan Wilson. And Dick Harputlian is the defense attorney and Alan Wilson is the district attorney. Are you surprised I pronounced the name correctly? That was great. I'm surprised. <laughs> So he's been involved in presiding over very high-profile cases before. He was the judge in uh, the case with the shooting death of Walter Scott, and this was a this was a uh, ex police officer that did this. So he's been in that one. And the college student Samantha Josephson, who accidentally got into the wrong car, she thought it was an Uber. Yeah. Yeah, so he was the judge in those trials. So he's had his high, he's had some high-profile cases before. Okay. And he emphasized that he will not permit a carnival-type atmosphere, no matter the public mania over this trial. Can you imagine, when you talk about the financial ramifications of this, take out the city itself. Look at what kind of business and stuff this is going to create for like the news media, for podcasters, not really like us. I mean, we do talk about it, but it isn't like what we're all yeah, about. Yeah, some of them are dedicated and just to this. Th this is like going to have big ramifications financially for a lot of people. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I guess that's why they look at it like, oh, Murdoch-palooza. Yeah. Judge Newman is known for his cool, calm demeanor, and I think he's going to do a good job keeping both sides in check. He's an interesting person, and I'd like to do a segment on him at some point as the trial goes on, but I'm trying to stay concise today, so we'll move on. I'm drifting. <laughs> the prosecutor in this case will be Creighton Waters, and he's worked for the Attorney General's office for 24 years and has been involved in numerous high-dollar, white-collar crime cases, but I couldn't find that he's ever prosecuted a murder. I think this is his first. That seems somewhat different. Yeah, but he's really well-known for his uh, tenacity. Oh, that's a good word. Yes. And he comes across as really competent and prepared. I've listened to him in a lot of the pre-trial audio because they've done a lot of hearings and stuff. I imagine there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, so he, he seems like he's going to be formidable. Prosecutors allege in the court filings that Murdoch killed Maggie and Paul because of the threat of personal, legal, and financial ruin. Okay. The South Carolina Attorney General's office said, Murdoch sought to portray himself as a victim to distract from multiple investigations into a decade of financial crimes. So that's what they're coming at him with. Okay. And that they killed, he killed them to so that all his financial crimes wouldn't come out. And like I said, he's been charged with over a hundred financial crimes at this point. So yeah, yeah he had a lot to uh, try to keep secret. 
So I do have a question. If they've got all those financial crimes that that he's admitted to at least one of them, right? Just one so far. Just one. Why would they go straight to the murder trial rather than maybe try to nail him on some of these financial things well, first? Because it's highly likely that they're going to convict him on at least some of those charges. And all those are very serious charges and will likely carry yeah. a lot of jail time. But I think with the murders, if you had, if he had been convicted already of all these other crimes, it's not as good for him because it could be admissible in this case. Okay. Right now, they can't say he's convicted of this, this, and this. He's only admitted to one thing okay. so far. So it's better for him at this point. I think it's more fair to be convicted. Well, you've you know, got to be you're innocent until proven guilty. Correct. Whether he did it or not, I think he should stand alone in trial for the murders. Yeah. Did, he, did he commit the murders? And the state is seeking life in prison without parole, and the death penalty is not on the table. They don't have death penalty in South Carolina. They do, but this is not eligible for the death penalty. Why would it not be? It could be. be. If it turns out that it was cold-blooded, pre-calculated murder of his own family, why would that not be I believe it's up to the district attorney to decide what to charge and what to seek, and I believe they went without the death penalty in this case. Okay. I don't know what his reasoning is. I mean, I'm not saying that he should get the death penalty. I'm just saying if if he is a... Convicted of doing these things, how much more heinous can you get, really? Yeah, but that's what they're going at him with. So we've talked about Alec Murdoch's two defense attorneys, Dick Carpootlian and Jim Griffin, in the previous episode. They are often described as bulldogs. Richard Dick Carpootlian was a prosecutor in his early days and prosecuted hundreds of murder cases. Twelve of those were death penalty cases. He's responsible for the conviction of South Carolina's most notorious serial killer, Donald Peewee Gaskins. I don't know who that is, but that name sounds really familiar, like I should know who I it is. I think I've told you about him before. He was really bad. And now Harpootlian is a high-profile defense attorney, and he also serves in the South Carolina Senate. Okay. Jim Griffin specializes in mail and wire fraud, health care fraud, public corruption, criminal tax charges, stu- stuff like that, okay. which is going to come in handy, you know, as he faces all his other charges. Yeah. He was awarded the title, quote, Trial Lawyer of the Year in 2018. By the local McDonald's. Yeah, by some American Board of Trial Advocates South Carolina chapter. Like, you know. You know. You, you know. It's, it's a, a prestigious ha- a household thing. name. Yeah, it's pretty prestigious. So it looks like Alec Murdoch has himself his own little dream team. And I just wonder how he's able to afford this caliber of defense since he's claimed that he's indigent. That's a fancy word I don't know the meaning of, but by context, I'm going to say it means he's broke. He's poor, yeah. Yeah, I hear it all the time about how he claims he has no money, but yet you're paying, someone's paying these guys because they're very expensive lawyers. They ain't doing it out of the goodness of their own hearts. I mean, I'm sure sure the publicity is good for them, but I don't think they do it for free. All right, that's all very good and interesting, but what I want to know is, is how are people going to be able to watch this trial? Is it going to be televised? Well, Court TV is going to be the only media outlet with the ability to video the trial, which can, will be then distributed to all other news outlets. And they're doing that because why? He doesn't want to turn it into a media circus, so just one main. So these people have equal opportunity to get the footage and nobody's going to have a leg up on everyone right. else, which might it's lend to that of, oh, we got to try harder mm-hmm. because they're the authorized rather than be like, well, here's your source. Yeah. Also, the, there is going to be no cell phones, cameras, computers, or Apple Watches allowed inside the courtroom. 
and no bags unless they are clear. It's honestly starting to sound like going to a theme park to ride a roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah. And you can't camp out on the courthouse grounds or any nearby properties. And I heard that locals are listing their homes on Airbnb and BRBO. So they're making a buck. Yeah. And we're not going camping. We are not going camping. Once the trial begins, the doors will be open to the public at 8 a.m. and the trial will begin around 9. But I don't think there's going to be room for that many people. I wonder how they determine who gets to come into the courtroom. Maybe it's just a first come, first serve. So people well, are going to be there's like. There's got to be people that are like. Standing in these line. These people get to get in there. Oh, yeah. They'll have like family and reporters and things like that. But then there'll be a certain amount of the public that can come in. Uh huh. So they'll, they'll probably have a line and people will be like selling their place in line, even though there's no <laughs> Probably. So there's a portrait of Alec Murdoch's grandfather hanging in the courthouse, and it's going to be removed prior to the. Start of the trial. Ah. That was a Randolph Buster Murdoch, the junior. The, the junior. The junior. <laughs> the second. Randolph the Buster, the junior. <laughs> he was the 14th Circuit solicitor for 46 years. That's why he's got his picture hanging up in there. He did some work. Yeah. I don't know if it's been good or bad work, but he did some stuff. He did some stuff. There's a whole lot about Buster we <laughs> can talk about. If you recall from our previous discussion... Alec's alibi was that he left his home at Moselle to visit his mother at her home in Almeida, South Carolina. And I just read that Alec's mother, Libby Murdoch, is on her deathbed. Oh, no. She has suffered from Alzheimer's for about four and a half years, and it's said that the family has gathered around her at this time to say their final goodbyes. So I don't know if that's going to affect the trial at all, since, you know, he was at her house. I don't know if... The people there would be called as witnesses, if it has anything to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, with her suffering from Alzheimer's, I don't think they she would have called on her. She would be a reliable testimony anyway. Yeah, I don't think they would have called on her. So as it stands right now, it's not impacting the trial date. Okay. And her husband, remember, Randolph III, died three days after the murders of Maggie and Paul. So this family has really experienced a lot of loss and tragedy. In a very short amount of time. Yeah, so remember, Alex has brothers and another son, and I just can't imagine what they're going through in this whole ordeal. Just the public uh, spectacle of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, because whether he did it or he didn't, they're, they're, they're suffering it, for yeah, it. Yeah. By the name. Yeah. In these final days before the trial, Harputlian and Griffin have filed a motion requesting that Judge Newman exclude the blood spatter report that came from Tom Bevel, who is a forensic analyst based in Oklahoma. I just read about this today. This is just happening. Is that a big deal? It is. They contend that in his original report, he stated that the blood on Alec Murdoch's shirt that night was the result of transfer. Like he was touching the bodies and then wiping his hands and his face and stuff like that. I remember like you that. saying that. Yeah. So his quote was, The stains on the white t-shirt are consistent with transfers and not backspatter from bullet wound. Okay, that's significant. Yeah, that's what he said. In their latest filing, they are saying that Sled like intimidated Bevel and they wanted him to fabricate evidence manufacture some mm-hmm. evidence so like like photoshopping the images well it seems like there should be somebody that can digitally tell if an image has been manipulated well this is what happened after that bevel calls sled back because he's like sled went out to oklahoma and had a little discussion with him yeah and then he comes back and says that quote 
he was able to filter the colors of the shirt using Photoshop, end quote. Yeah, I so, can do that too. Based on this new information. This is your new file you were using. <laughs> based on this information, he was able to identify, quote, over 100 stains consistent with spatter, end quote. And there was no, quote, possible way those stains could have been created other than spatter from shooting Paul with a shotgun. Isn't it amazing how they just brought him just this little piece of evidence and automatically it just completely 180 to everything? Right. So another quote from Bevel. Bottom line, I don't see any other mechanism to get so many misting stains onto his shirt other than the spatter created from the shotgun wounding of Paul Murdoch. And this is what he wrote in an email to SLED, end quote. So this new this was his new conclusion, and he submitted this final report in March. Okay. And they want this to not be brought into evidence because they say it's all fake. I want this to not come into the court because I feel like it would damage my case. Well, it would, but is it true if he initially said this is not spatter, and then now it is spatter? All of this is from a picture. Did they not have the shirt itself? Yeah. So why is he using a picture, not the shirt itself? Well, he took pictures of the shirt and then, I guess, was able to bring it up using Photoshop. Like, Could they not like chemically test the shirt to see if this is blood I think spatter? it's been damaged at this point. Oh, somebody threw it in an incinerator by accident. Mm-hmm. I thought it was my lunch <laughs> leftovers, but turns out it was murder evidence. So we'll keep you updated as the trial unfolds. And I also read that Netflix is about to release a series about the Murdoch, so be looking for that. Hey, you got to get your money, and you got to get it while it's hot. And the capitalize. And you should be able to watch the trial starting Monday on Court TV. Okay. And Court TV still exists. I didn't know that it did, but she I found it. She was very surprised. She told me that this yeah, morning. Yeah, I found it on the TV. And I also like to check FitzNews.com daily because he has, like, the best news according to me. Okay, I that's just, really yeah. the only opinion that matters to me. <laughs> yeah, like, he's my favorite. He has, like, updated daily. So, And also, Mandy Matney always has the latest on her Murdoch Murders podcast, so okay. check that out. And we'll see what happens with We're definitely going to be bringing the updates and probably more frequently as this case goes on. Yeah, because it's supposed to last a couple weeks and it should move pretty fast, I would think. Unless they bring out one of these, you know, cat out of the bag kind of thing and, and be thing like, is, you didn't know about this evidence. The thing I just realized is that we're going to be in Vegas when the trial concludes. Oh, no. We broadcast live from Vegas. Yeah. As we're, sitting behind, as we're sitting behind <laughs> some slot machines. I wonder how long it'll take the jury. There's probably bets on the wall I in Vegas about is. how this trial is going to go. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. That's going to be interesting. I'm huh. going to be watching court TV in the casino. Hmm. I'll be like, hey, can you turn that TV? Yeah, that's what I'm Like, all these sports things are on. Like, can you put that one TV on? turn it to all these bettors that are sitting there. Turn that crap off. I got to watch the court TV. (laughs) And they're like, you redneck hick. (laughs) Okay, so keep watching for updates. 